So recently, I heard from two individuals from this community of faith called Hope Church that had recently gone through some kind of scary ordeals. And they weren't sharing with me about their scary ordeals. They were sharing with me about the incredible kindness they received from this church body. The cards and the calls and the comments that they received. Recently, two individuals popped in the office to share what God was doing in their lives, to ask for prayer, and to thank Hope Church for their partnership with these individuals and what they were experiencing. Recently, I put something out on Facebook just celebrating uh, uh, just the achievement of my son, Miles. He's doing well at school. I shared that. I got like, you know, like all these comments and these likes, and I read them all to Miles, every single one. And as I gave him the descriptor of who each person was, this is so-and-so from church. This is so-and-so from church. The vast majority of the individuals who poured out their love and support for my son, Miles, were from Hope Church. Miles had a soccer game on Saturday, and a family from Hope Church came and watched. Not just a quarter, the entire thing. All of that, everything I just shared, happened this past week. And that's just a microcosm of what is fully going on. And none of that would have happened without the people of Hope Church. And it reminds me that the church is at its best, the church, excuse me, at its best is God's love made real. It is God's real love displayed in a way that we see, that we feel, that we understand. It reflects God's love and it reminds us of his goodness and his purpose. We're in week three of our series called Driven where we've been discovering our purpose, our God-given purpose for our lives. Last week, Pastor Curry shared that the first purpose of our lives is we were created for friendship with God. Remember that incredible truth that God sees us and calls us friend. Today, we're talking about the second purpose of our life, that we were created for community. So let's unpack that a bit. First of all, how do we know we were created for community? Well, in all good things, let's start with God. Sunday school answer, because God, right? Let's unpack that a little bit. God is triune. He is the Trinity, God. He is relational. He is in a perfect, harmonious relationship. Three parts of the one true divine being that Scripture teaches us. And we see that the Spirit submits to Jesus. Jesus submits to the Father. All three do so willingly as three distinct components of the one true God. God is perfectly relational and tied up in perfect relational unity. That's who he is at his being. And then you consider us and what the Bible tells us about us. And it tells us about us that we were created in the image of of God. From Genesis 1, God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. And so God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. So we know that 
We're created for community because we're created in the image of a relational God. See, relationship and being relational is imprinted on our identity. It is foundational to our being. And God has existed for all of eternity within a love relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and imprints us that same relational need to be in constant fellowship with God and to be in relationship with others in this life. You may have heard in the prayer I talked about how God created us not out of obligation, but out of choice, out of willingness. He created us. He didn't have to create us for anything. He chose to create us. And we know that God is love. He's the God of love. And that is the purpose of our creation, was to be in relationship with us. We see that in 1 John, it writes that we love because he first loved us. God has loved us since before we were even born. So we were created for community because we're created in the image of the triune God, and we are created by God who desires a relationship first with us, which all is based on love. And we know that life without God, it is fully incomplete because we are created to commune with him forever. And God created us knowing that we were never meant to go alone. Very early on, Genesis 2, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man, that is Adam, to be alone. I'll make him a helper suitable for him. We know that in this life, it's not me, myself, and I. That's like the most unholy trinity there can be, right? Yeah, me, myself, and I. Not good. And some of us like to say it's just Jesus and me, right? Someone's, uh, take the steering wheel, shotgun, I don't know, whatever. Jesus and me. It's not just Jesus and me. It's Jesus and we, right? Jesus and we. We were created for community because we were never meant to go through this life alone. We were meant to be part of a God-centered community. Just a point of clarification, I'm not talking about everyone must be married. No, there's biblical mandate that some are called to be married and some are not. That's not what we're saying here, and that's not what this means. It means we're called to be a part, an active part, of the family of God. And this reality of our need for community, it is a continuous thread all throughout Scripture. It becomes most evident when God sends Jesus to become human— so that he might be close in relationship with us, to carve the path so that we could be in relationship with him forever and ever and ever. Jesus came and he formed friendships. He calls us friends. He shows us the importance of God-centered community. And think of his ministry. He had his closest friends. He had James and, and John and Peter as his closest three friends. And next he had the next layer, the 12. And, and some of them are a little odd because sometimes they would doubt. And a couple of them actually betrayed him, as all of us have experienced in friendships throughout time. But he had his closer group of friends. You could almost call that his life group, for those of you in a life group. Jesus had a life group. What do you know? He's ahead of his time. He's also over all time, so don't think about that too hard. Then he had the greater group of disciples that were following him. They're not often named, but we know there are several followers that journeyed with him throughout his travels and his teachings and did important work. And then he had the masses, those that 
were searching and curious and intrigued by the love and the teaching of Jesus Christ. And we can see those are the ingredients of the early church. You read the book of Acts, that is the church uh, being fanned into flame, into existence through the Spirit and God's work. Who, and it's just incredible to, to read. And we know Jesus teaches us, almost at the core of what he teaches us, is to be like him. To grow the mission of Christ through his means and his methods, which was all centered around relationship with Christ. Jesus Christ built the church and he claimed it will last forever. Not even the gates of hell can ever shake the church of Jesus Christ. And Jesus sends his Holy Spirit, continues to work through his family of faith to achieve his good kingdom purposes. And so it's our purpose that we're talking about today to experience God's love, not in isolation, but in God-centered community. We're created to love. We were created because of love. We're created by love to love God and others in God-centered community. Because the church, when it's at its best, is God's love made real. It is tangible. It is visible. We can see it. We can feel it. It's grace experienced. You cannot deny the power of coming together in community focused on glorifying God. Think earlier about our worship. When we're all joining our hearts to the one God we worship and we are turning our attention towards him and the spirit within us is connecting with God who is God and he's being glorified and he is, is being lifted on high and we are moved as we are together and we're reminded of his truth and his grace for us once more. For those that are a healthy part of a healthy church, there is nothing better nothing better. As Pastor Curry said last week, loving others opens our relationship with Jesus to its greatest potential. It turns that valve on high. What a gift. And we know that loving others is impossible in isolation. It's most fully realized as a part of God's everlasting family of faith. But if God's church is a family, we know families have problems. Any of your families have problems? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. You might become the problem. I'm kidding. We all have problems. All of our families have problems, right? That's because to be human is to have problems. That's the human experience. We all have problems in our family. So the church, if it's a family— Sometimes the greater global church has problems, and we know this because to the outside world, guess what? We don't have a great uh, rating right now. A recent poll came out uh, from the Barna Group, a highly respected and popular research group. It's focused on kind of the intersection of faith and culture, and this, this uh, new poll came out this past year, and Barna found this, that only 21% of non-Christian people have a positive perception of the local church. 21%. Ouch! One out of five. If the church is God's main tool of seeing his kingdom come here on earth, 
And most of the world, or at least non-Christian people, the ones we're trying to reach with the best news of a lifetime, hardly see the church as positive. That's a harsh truth we have to sit with and think about and wrestle with. About the, but, 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 but think about the bride of Christ. Think about the greater bride of Christ over time, right? The truth is, in general terms, the greater church has been harsh, has been known to be judgmental at times. It has been exclusionary in different seasons, and too often we know those heart-wrenching stories of abuse. Those are not qualities people should ever expect from Christians, but too often when people see Christian, they see the sin and not the Christ. And to be really honest, a lot of here have probably been hurt by the church at some point in our lives as well. And that cuts deep because you don't expect it from within your family. But if we consider our own family and the hurts that reside there and you consider church family, it's often those closest to you that can hurt you the deepest. We've all felt and seen and are aware of the ugly side of a community of people called together. Harsh truth is, some of us still carry that pain. Hasn't even scarred over. It's just an open, festering wound. Now, in case this is discouraging for you, in case you might run the risk of taking this personal, at least you're not a pastor because, (laughs) get this, that, half of non-Christian Americans do not trust local pastors. (laughs) But I do. (laughs) Half, half. But when you see what's displayed on the news, when you hear the hard stories that are shared, when you know that the good, faithful work of pastors over the country are often not shared, it's when they fail towards sin that it's shared, you can start to understand. And you start to see the mountain that's in front of Christians, and yet we know it's not on our own power that we share the good news of Christ. We are called to love and serve Jesus to share the gospel with non-believers no matter what the stats. And we see that it is not possible without God because without him, these numbers would be staggering. But with him, this just shows us the opportunity. This just shows us the strategy. This just shows us what we need to do and why what we do matters so much. So instead of choosing to dwell on why this is, and to rest in our sadness and discouragement over these numbers, we are going to see it for the opportunity it presents and allow it to encourage us forward into the purpose-driven work that God has given each of us. That's 79% of non-Christians that are open to having their minds changed. Let's go. Get this. Barna, other numbers that came out, 80% of practicing Christians have a positive view of the church. That's actually pretty good. We know we've all been hurt by the church in different ways, so 20% we can understand that, that, hey, we have some work to do, right? But 80% of those that claim to be practicing Christians have a positive view of the church, meaning that those that are kind of in, right, in the know, know what a gift the church can be. 
but one in five of those that aren't a part of it don't yet have that positive perception. That's a gap, a pretty substantial gap. But one we're longing to, to bridge. So, if we know the church is made up of sinful humans, if we know that we're not perfect, if we know we have a lot of work to do, if we know there are some perceptions of a greater church that are earned, but some that are maybe unfair, we also know what the church is when it's at its best. We know why God chose to use us to carry his mission forward. We know that he is in charge and the head of the church. And here at Hope Church, we are longing to flip the script, to bridge the gap. We do not want this to be a place that is known to be harsh or judgmental or exclusionary or abusive. We long to embody our purpose as God's people created for community, centered in his love. And we are striving to be healthy, to mimic and resemble the God of love who calls us together in community. And honestly, I think hope is in a really good and healthy place right now. I really do. No church is perfect, but we have a lot to celebrate at this place right now. God is actively at work in this place. We know, and the world knows, what church can be when it's bad and ugly. But we also know that God views his church as the bride of Christ. He sees the beauty, he sees the blessing, he sees the good, and there's a lot God is doing right now in this community of believers. So I'm going to ask you, I've shared some ways I've experienced the blessings of hope just this past week. I want to hear from you right now what you are celebrating at Hope Church. What is the good that people need to know about that God is doing in and through this place? What types of things are happening that would change the narrative for non-Christians if only they knew what was going on? If only they knew what loving, God-centered community was like when it's at its best? Why do you keep showing up here and tuning in week after week? You know how nice it is to sleep in on Sunday morning? What are you all doing here? No, you're here for a reason. You're tuning in for a reason. It's a good reason. So share our celebrations right now. I'd love to hear a few of you just shout it out. What are you celebrating right here and now at Hope Church? Young at Heart. Young at Heart. Yeah, Don. Oh my goodness. For those that don't know Young at Heart, that's our ministry towards those who view themselves young at heart. They might be a little more seasoned in life, but they are young at heart and you want to talk about Journey having a youth group? Did you know that our seniors have a youth group? And it's a good old time. They go out to eat. They go to, on field trips, and Lan and Jerry have led it forever and do a great job. That is such a blessing. Absolutely. What else? Yeah, children's. We love our kids, don't we? No doubt. Hope Littles and Hope Kids. What a gift hearing their little voices, even their cries, because we'd rather hear their cries than the absence of kids here, right? Praise God. What else? Being on consistory. Do you hear that? Did you hear that, people? Being on consistory is a gift. Praise God for that truth. And I know you're speaking that from the heart, Don. For those of you who have served or have an idea about consistory, 
at many churches, that is often not the case. So praise God for that truth. It is a joy serving with our elders and deacons, let me tell you. What else? Woo! Journey! Don't you love our student section up here? How cool is that? Youth group. It's, yeah, it's student section. Not quite as rowdy as a football game, but same idea. We love our Journey youth group. My goodness, you guys bring so much energy and vitality to this place, and your earnestness for following God and seeking Him is encouraging and inspiring to the rest of us. Absolutely praise God for you guys. Summer outreaches. Yes, Lana, absolutely. Our farmer's markets, our barbecue, our Westwood neighborhood pit stop during the, the garage sales. Oh, praise God that we are out in that community. Yeah. There's another one. Yeah. Being able to worship together. Absolutely. Yeah. What else? Ladies Life Group, and we'll expand it to all the life groups. I've been delighted getting these pictures of these, these life groups that are happening. Oh my goodness, you guys are going deeper in your faith and your relationship with each other. We praise God for that. Praise God for that. I saw a hand back there. Our praise team. Man, this faithful team up here that gets together. I don't know if you can tell, we have so much fun being able to worship together. And, and when we worship up here, it is our heart, man, just coming. It's kind of, I was going to say on a platter. That sounds weird. But we're just offering it up to God because it is such a gift to be able to worship with you all in this way. Praise God. Yeah. Ruth Circle. Yes. Another one of our ongoing faithful groups that has met for, I don't even remember how long now, but it's an incredible gift. They meet once a month here at church, and they're going through the Sermon on the Mount right now, and I think one of them's about ready to get up here and start preaching. This is such good stuff you're going through. Judy said, no, probably not. <laughs> yeah. People that pray for us. Isn't it good to feel like we belong in a prayer-centered community where we can lift one another up no matter our burdens to the intentional prayer group that meets on Wednesdays, to the others that just know what's going on and offer up sincere prayers? Praise God. Yeah. Okay, live stream report. The dedication of our youth leaders. Mm-hmm, dedication of our youth leaders, yes. Community outreach. Community outreach. Having church online at home with us all? Yep. Praise team. Praise team. Hmm. Oh, new, faces. new faces. A lot of new faces around these parts these days. Don't know if you've noticed if there's a face you don't recognize. Either someone aged really quickly uh, and they need you to talk to them and pray for them, or they're new and they would love to get to know you. <laughs> Ella. Absolutely. The variety of gifts that are on display. And, and there are so many things that so many of you do, faithfully trying to follow God and share your gifts that go unnoticed, that people don't even see, the behind-the-scenes stuff to the upfront stuff. We praise God that we are all an active part of his work here. Laura. Yeah, singing praises to God and being with our family. <clears throat> You know it. Yeah. 
praise God for that. Yep, opportunities to partner with people like Travis. Ah, that we're a neighborhood church that he comes just on down the street and we're closed, but he tunes in anyway and continues to worship with us and for us to know what's going on in the further reaches of our community too. Absolutely. You think there's things to celebrate right now? Do you think if the rest of the world could hear what it meant to be a part of a community like this, that it might change a little bit of those statistics? Yeah. This is the beauty of the church. That's what the church ought to be. And we ought to be able to celebrate these things because we know the church at its best is a place for anybody to find their belonging. There's only one perfect person allowed, and that's Jesus Christ. The rest of us come with all our brokenness, all our hurts, all our sorrows, and we find grace that is found in Jesus Christ. We find friends. We find family, support, and love, and care, and prayer, and encouragement. We open up ourselves, and we, instead of being received with judgment, or blame, or guilt, we ought to be received with grace, and love, and understanding where we can lay our burdens down to a God who cares, to share our joys and our sorrows, just as Jesus asks us. Because we're reminded we are created by a loving relational God for relationship built in love for God and his people. When the church community is good, I dare say it's the closest we get to heaven on earth. Because the church at its best, gives the orphan a family. It gives the widow the comfort of a presence even in the midst of their pain of the loss. It gives those that have recently moved or been displaced a home. It gives the hurting hearts that care and come alongside. It gives hugs and, and, and comforting presence. It gives the hopeless a community that can hold up the hope for you when you can't see it. It gives the broken a place to be put back together in God's love. It's a place to cry without judgment, to live into our purpose, to be about something greater and bigger than we can ever imagine. God has given the church everything we need for this journey when we come together and seek him together in this difficult life. And to help us through this life, he's gifted us with the church as we seek him and serve him and worship him together. So if the world views the church one way and we view the church another way, our challenge is to bridge the gap. And the best way we can bridge the gap is to flip the script and press in and be the exact opposite of what non-Christians who view the church negatively would ever expect us to be. That is to be radically gracious. That is to be lovingly generous. That is to be just like Jesus in as much as we're able. It's our purpose we're talking about next week is to be more like Christ. To love, live, and lead like him. To be open to be authentic, to be forgiving. Because if Christians were more and more like Christ, the more people will want to be a part of it.
We were created out of extreme grace by our God of love to be in relationship with God and each other. And knowing that being a part of a church family is our purpose, we see that it has the best that life has to offer. So our questions to consider this morning are, what can you do to level up Hope Church? What can you do to bring your full self into this family of faith that you currently find yourself in? Maybe it's to get more involved and sign up for a life group. Maybe it's signing up for a chili cook-off. Maybe it is to have a bit more honesty when you talk with people and to, to be a bit more courageously authentic with people. Maybe it's to, to let go of a long held on hurt and to seek and give that forgiveness that is holding you back. Or maybe it's to invite others into this community of faith, to share with others what God is doing in your life and in this place and to strengthen this body in that way. And then, who do you feel compelled to invite into this community? Think about that. What one person would God maybe be preparing in your life for you to simply ask, hey, you want to come to church with me? My pastor told me I should ask someone to come to church and you came to mind. There you go. That's your script. Pastor told me to invite someone to church. You're the first person that came to mind. Would you come check out Hope with me? Because you have no idea what God has been up to in someone's life. You have no idea what one question, one invitation might do to bring someone closer to God. So what one person can you invite? What one relationship here at Hope can you deepen? What one way can you increase your relational investment here at Hope? Because we are called to journey through this life together as a family on mission, to play our part as we seek God, not in isolation where it's hard, but together where our burdens are eased. Because we are created to love and be loved by our all-loving God. We're created to love and serve him together. And when we live into that purpose fully, Christ is magnified. He and his name alone is raised on high. He can do his work because we have that valve open all the way so we seek to love others and point them to him. And that's when the bride of Christ is at its best. What a gift that we have this purpose as a family created for community. Now let's make it all it can be as we seek God together. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your everlasting church. That as you told Peter, you have built the church. The gates of hell will never prevail over it. Your church will last until you return, God. And we at Hope Church delight in the gift of being a part of your ongoing ministry in this world. We thank you for the gifts and the people that make up Hope Church, for those that went before us in this community of faith to those that will be here long after us, God. We delight that you have given us a mission, a place to belong, a place to have hope, a place to be loved and to share love and to live into our purpose. Oh God, may you stir in our hearts once more, what you have for us ahead. And may we follow you faithfully and boldly 
into whatever you have in store, trusting that there is even more on the other side of where we are now. We love you, God. We seek you faithfully today together as your people. In Jesus' name, amen.